You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And this one carrying into the end zone about four yards deep. Here comes Dixon to the five. Left hash marks 10, 15. Hits a hole hard. He's to the 25, 30. Breaks the clear. Keyshawn Nixon is off to the races. It's Secretary Delmont. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you'd like to email the show, you can send a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. If you'd like to text the show, you can send a text message to 865-658-5824. You know, I was going to do a pod today and uh, was texting back and forth with Jacob from the Packernet Fantasy Podcast. I was like, hey, dude, you free? He's like, yeah, man, let me walk the dog. So he hopped on here with us. Jacob, how you doing today, bro? I'm doing good, man. It kind of turned into an impromptu day off. So uh, I just, uh, yeah, I've been looking at uh, mini camp started today, basically mandatory camp. So um, I was just, you know, checking out the YouTubes, doing that whole thing. And then, uh, yeah, we just happened to connect. So good day. We can talk Packers. Awesome. Love it. We've we've got a little bit of a, a, a schedule to uh, to go off of, but this was kind of planning on Jacob not being on here. So I'm going to try to run through this information real quick. And then I want to hear uh, some of your take on camp, man. I know you've been following the updates like crazy. I'm, I'm eager to hear what's going on. I haven't had a chance to really dive into it too much. I know I've seen some some comments come across the old Twitter bird there. And, uh, man, <laughs> that hearing hearing them talk about Luke Musgrave not looking much different than Christian Watson in the routes is like, whoa. That's crazy. Right? It's, it's pretty hey, exciting. Hey, do you want to – is it okay if we real quick do a um, personal shout out to Andy Herman, who announced on Twitter today that the guy is um, and only I don't say shouldn't say the only reason, but he has uh, achieved the Packers fan dream. I think Clayton is that easy to say that? Like I yeah, text Clayton as soon as I saw this. Um, Andy Herman has announced that he's officially basically leaving his quote unquote job to now do his quote unquote job, which is just working with the Packers, which. Um, I mean, if you guys listen to this podcast, I think you're uh, pretty in line with us that that's pretty much the dream of the dream, to be able to quit your job and go make a living doing anything with the Packers. I mean, that's kind of what we're doing here. Anyways, I didn't mean to steal your thunder there, Clayton, but I just no, thought that dude, was great. No, I'm, I'm glad you said it because, you know, Andy's one of those guys that um, I've listened to for a long time. And, you know, I actually tagged him in a tweet not too long ago and was just like, man, there you know it's officially summer when you're getting camp updates from Andy Herman while you're grilling outside, right? And and I just catching every one of his episodes, it just so it's just a perfect example of hard work pays off. And some people hear that and they go, Oh, hard work my rear end, dude. You're talking about your favorite football team. No, dude, that dude does a podcast much like Ryan every day. The goal is every day. Never take a day off with the Pack a Day podcast. And just someone I've got the uh, utmost respect for and really appreciate everything he does. So uh, well-deserved, man. That's really the only thing to say. Um, let's do this, man. Let's uh, let's dive into a little a little Jordan Love, Justin Fields talk, man. I, I found something here, Jacob. I'm going to share the screen, and I'm eager to uh, 
to get you to hear this. You may have already heard it, and that's okay if you had. It's about a six-minute long clip here, gang, but I'm going to play it, um, and and hopefully we don't get with hit, hit with any kind of copyright or anything. Obviously, I want to do a shout-out to where we got this audio from. That's the GM Shuffle. You guys know it's one of my favorite podcasts. I plug it on here all the time. Um, it's uh, Michael Lombardi, former GM in the National Football League, basically spent 35 years in the league. Um, you know, he was – if you guys heard the one of the last episodes I did – I talked about, you know, the West Coast offense and how it's intertwined with um, the 49ers and the Raiders. Well, Michael Lombardi was actually an intern um, and he was driving Bill Walsh around for the 49ers way back in the day. He was just his scout slash intern trying to get his foot in the door in the National Football League. And then later on, he was hired by Al Davis to work in his front office. So he got both sides of that little rivalry that was created. And he actually talks about it in his book, um, Gridiron Genius. But anyway, he talks about Justin Fields and Jordan Love. And I'm just going to share the screen here and play it. It was a, a phenomenal clip. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. So let's go ahead and do that right now. Here we go. Let's uh, let's listen to Michael Lombardi and Femi uh, of MFA talk about Justin Fields and Jordan Love. And the only way to do that is to actually play it. And for some of these quarterbacks, you're not good enough to skip the whole preseason. Like you need to get those live reps Preach. and see those coverages and see all the different things and get comfortable with the offense. Now, for my guy, Justin Fields, at least he's now in year two of this offense with Luke Getz. Three. Well, well, I mean, yeah, he's yeah, year three two. of his career. Yeah, three but, of my yeah. career, but you know, year two for Getz, he's going to take that step. You know, those were light years ahead. Uh, but Jordan yes. Love, though, is the one I think is really interesting. Because he's been in this offense under Matt LaFleur. This is the guy that they drafted to be the successor to Aaron Rodgers, the four-time MVP quarterback. And he's not in the same spot as the other guys. Hasn't quite played as many games as Justin Fields, but he's been in the league longer. And he's kind of started to grow and, and mature. It's kind of an old-school situation here of a guy that gets to sit a few years before actually having to go out there and play. Do you think that we could see Jordan Love take that step and ultimately be a productive quarterback for the Packers? Well, the one thing the Packers do should should know is what Jordan Love is good at doing and what he's not. And mm -hmm. that's a battle that only takes time and it takes experience. I mean, Luke Getze understands in Justin Fields what he's good at doing, what throws he's good at making and what situations he's comfortable in. And I think it's the same thing for Jordan Love. Not sure they know that about Sam Howell yet. I'm not sure they know that about Trey Lance yet, frankly. I'm not sure Kyle Shanahan has that idea nailed down. I do think Pittsburgh understands who Kenny Pickett is, so they can do that. And once you understand what the player's good at doing and what he's good at executing and what fits into his wheelhouse, then you could design an offense around that wheelhouse, around making him look better and improving and making the game easier for him as the speed of the game continues. But I would say this, if you believe Jordan Love is light years ahead, if you believe he's Buzz, then you should bet the Packers to win the North, yep. and you should bet the Packers on the 7.5 total. Because when you, when you break down the Packers and you take away the main fundamental question is who replaces Rodgers, the team would be a 13-win team typically if Rodgers were on it and they were playing their normal self. They would probably be a 10-win team. They would definitely be the favorite in the East. So if you look at this and say, I love Love. I think he's going to be really good. I think he's going to take that Buzz Lightyear step ahead. Then don't just stop with the thought. Go to the window and say, I'm going to take the Packers over 7.5. I'm going to take the Packers to win the North because you're going to get good odds on both those numbers. And so – you have to have some in how do you make money in the market or in the drafting or in the in the betting business it's the same principles information mm. belief yep belief and information go together i believe this player is going to excel <clears throat> and because he's going to excel i'm going to put my money on the team the packers are good on defense they have enough defense they're the be the best defensive team in the north Woo. i don't think it's close they're good in the kicking game with the returner Nixon. I mean, they, they've improved in that area and with Rich Versace coaching them. So they're good there. Versace. Their offensive line is somewhat experienced if they get Bakari back, Bakariari <laughs> back. So oh they've got that. They've got two really good running backs in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. They're young at receiver, granted. But this is not a team devoid of talent. This is the most talented team 
absence the quarterback. The co- the comedy is is people are more than willing, like yourself, to make that bet on George Justin Fields. Why? I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what they've seen other than great running back. But the people are willing to make that bet. No one's willing to make it on the Packers. Well, well, let's pump the brakes. I haven't made any bets on Chicago Bears and my guy Justin Fields. Other because... than the MVP for Fields. We saw you <laughs> up the window. We have pictures of it. I, I want to see those photos because that wasn't me. Uh, was, we have it. There was, there was, and this is not the Zabruder <laughs> film. This isn't been – no, this is – we have it. Yeah. <laughs> Are we going to Charlotte to go play horse or what are we doing? Um, I, I, I think the thing with, with – obviously with Fields, people expect him to take another step in that offense. The Packers what point step that you... did he take? What step did he take last year? I mean, answer that question. What step was in he, the passing was, game did Justin Fields take last year? Was he not better in the second half of the season versus the first half of the season? He got better, did he not? No, no. You don't no, think he got better? He wasn't, he wasn't good at all. He you, wasn't good at all. He threw it on an average 22 times a game. He was not good at all, Femi. If you watch the tape, he couldn't make throws. The Detroit game, he gives them the game with the interception. The guy's a turnover machine. (laughs) 91 sacks, 29 fumbles. I mean, he's won less games than Davis Mills, who you would be in complete disgust of. Davis Mills' numbers passing are better than Justin Fields'. It's not even close. This logic, well, he's played better in the second. Well, I can't find it. I think he's a horrible thrower. Will he get better? I'll see. (laughs) I mean, I know you don't love QBR, but the second half of the season, he had one of the top five QBRs in the league. (laughs) You can shake your head, but that's a fact. Hang on that number. I've seen games. I've I've posted this on I've seen games where the team got killed and the quarterback's QBR is great. Like if you want to hang on that, go ahead. I'm not Watch saying it's everything. Game. I'm not saying it's everything, Watch but he's game. but I don't think he's devoid of being able to play. Like like, like you're talking about him like he's I, I, like he should I'll be QB too. He's a good running back. <laughs> I'll acknowledge he's a good running back. Do you think he should be a starting quarterback in the NFL? I think he should have competition. I think if Caleb Williams was coming out, he wouldn't be the quarterback of the Bears. Woo! That's how much I think. Well, he's, he's not, so he is. I mean, we're going to see what he does in 2023. Like I, I'm, I'm a believer of Justin Fields. I think that he can take that step in year three here. Now that he's in the offense, he's got some talent around him. Like It's not all just oh, the talent. I love but, that. But he, I love you need good players. Him. That was the problem. He had players. no talent last year. But well, his QBR was better, though. Without that talent, his QBR got better. I love him. He's so good. I can't wait. Give him the MVP right now. <laughs> says a lot about him that he was productive with no players around him. Bro, I'm wow. telling you right now, man. Wow. Gold. Absolute gold. I heard that while I was work. And and I'm telling you, dude, I was rolling. Now, hey, hey. I'm not a big Mike Lombardi fan, but that just but, it's just it's just good content right there. I meet more people who don't like Michael Lombardi than people who do, and I always throw out this this kind of uh, I don't know warning, if you will, when I talk about Michael Lombardi. It, the first thing I always say, Jacob, is listen. He's brash. He's rude. He's, you know, like he he's described himself. He said, I'm a short, fat Italian. I have short <laughs> views, and that's just how I am, right? Um, but, man, the dude, he has so much football knowledge. Jacob, if you're looking for a book to read or an audio book, Gridiron Genius is so good. Anyway, I don't want this to be a big Michael Lombardi promotion, but I just wanted to share that because that's how he feels about, um, you know, Justin Fields and, and, Justin, and Jordan Love. And, you know, what he said about Jordan Love – I think he hit the nail on the head. It's like if you if you think Jordan Love can be a a good serviceable NFL quarterback, bet the over. And it's exactly what we talked about the other night. You know, it's going to come down to you know what can he do good. I just got through watching the Kurt Warner uh, clip of uh, you know the part one and part two. If you haven't seen that, Jacob, go check it out. He breaks down Jordan Love's tape, and there was way 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 more positive that Kurt Warner, Hall of Fame quarterback had to say about Jordan than negative. And, um, you know, mainly decision-making, getting the ball out on time. When he does plant his back foot, he's extremely accurate. Um, and and just, I mean, he, he really impressed a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. So the question is, what can he do good, right? Can he drive the ball down the field with power? That's going to determine how vertical you want to go or at least how often you want to go vertical. We've seen some shots today, and I'm sure you'll talk about it here in a minute, going deep to Romeo Dobbs. 
in uh, in OTAs today, just showing off that arm strength. Um, but how fast can he process information? What I gained from the Kurt Warner video is he can process information very quickly. Um, how mobile is he? You know, can he run the RPR like we talked about? Now, I'm not suggesting Matt LaFleur will, will be as excited about that as I would. You want to protect a guy. You don't want to put him in harm's way, but you can run the RPR and still protect your quarterback. And, uh, you know, do, do you want to maximize that pre-snap motion, which we talked about, you know, the touchdown interception ratio, four to one with pre-snap motion and uh, two to one without it. But uh, what do you think about that, Jacob? Him a little bit of Justin Fields bashing, a little bit of uh, – I, I, I wouldn't call it Jordan Love praise, but I think he was – you definitely didn't hear him say, no, I haven't seen it, right? Yeah, I mean, look, I uh, like I said earlier, I'm not necessarily a Michael Lombardi fan, but I do respect him. It's one of those guys where it's like, you know, like anybody, if, if you don't necessarily like the person, but you listen to what they have to say and you understand and you're like, ah, well, maybe I'll take it with a grain of salt, but I do know that he's done his research, he's done his due diligence, maybe uh, – you know, I, I respect it. So it, it's in, definitely encouraging and um, it's wonderful to see. I mean, <laughs> it's just a, it, yeah, it, Justin feels good. I'm just sorry, but the bears, they just, they suck. I got a guy that uh, I don't really spend too much on Twitter um, just cause I just, I just hate it. I hate social media in general. I logged on today and then one random uh, bears fan, I don't get any air, like any interactions on Twitter. I had one bears fan that has like a really large following. He like, quote tweeted something I'd said about, I don't even honestly remember what it was, but I just thought in my head, man, you guys are so desperate. Like you just, oh, it's bad, dude. It's, 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 so it's just, it's kind of, I almost feel bad, but I don't, you know? So nah. go ahead, Bears fans, go ahead and, and fight and fuss all you want. It's just, uh, that's all you, the way that you can be. Absolutely. What just, what got me too about what Lombardi said was, you know, he said the Packers are the most talented team in the North. And, and the thing about Michael Lombardi, he will screw up names. He will screw up divisions. <laughs> When he said Bakhtari, Bakhtari, and I'm like, he screws up, he screws up his own grandchildren's name. Like it's hilarious. But once you get past that and understand, okay, look, this dude, the the amount of knowledge he has on the game of football is it's it really is phenomenal. But he said, you know, just one thing he pointed out how how Femi immediately said, you know, in the second half of the season, he had a great QBR, and it reminded me of how these Justin Fields fans are cherry picking. Listen. Uh, he may turn out to be a great quarterback. I'm not sitting here saying there's no way Justin Fields won't be a good quarterback. Yeah. Hey. But from what we've seen, if you're if you're going to try to convince me, hey, look, he's shown he can be a good quarterback, you're kidding yourself. And they they cherry pick the stats that you know we seen that one stat that which Ryan absolutely roasted Bears fans. <laughs> and I was here for it. Was like, why did you leave out the last two games? Uh, only it, two games. It, it was like it was, it was like week ten to week. 15 and he was like why why did what happened to the first 10 what happened to the last two like that's the cherry picking that michael was talking about for sure so um let's do this man i had a listener uh shoot me a message i want to answer this real quick and i want to get into some of your camp takes okay so just be just bear with me here i definitely want to respond here this is they have not given me their name, and I, I will respect that. <laughs> they, I've gotten several questions from them, and it's been really, really good conversation. So we're going to refer to them as the anonymous listener, I guess. But here's what they said. They said, uh, okay, here's some questions for the podcast. Like I said, I'm new to this, and I hope that this doesn't sound dumb. Um, can any running back act as a halfback or fullback, and what's the difference? Are they just locations on an offensive formation or something specific to the player themselves? Another one, what is your order of operations in identifying offensive formations? Do you look at the location of the quarterback, then the receivers, etc.? When I watch football, I still just see two lines of guys running into each other, uh, then uh, then run or throw. Uh, I want to be able to see the plays and be able to tell what the team was trying to do. Thanks for the encouraging questions. So, or thanks for encouraging the questions. They had asked me before I should do a separate pod to where I break down just the simplicity of the game, kind of start, you know, from scratch. And what I suggested is, hey, you know, I, I definitely don't want to talk down to people. If you got a question, just fire the question over. And I, I thought this was a pretty cool one. So um, I'll tell you this too, whoever the listener is, anonymous, all right? <laughs> um I do not watch the game live and find myself going, oh, man, that was 11 person. That was this, that. I watch the game just like a fan, right? But I'm taking notes of what went well. And then when I go back and look at the notes, 
Now look at the All-22 and I go, okay, what were they doing? What formation? So don't feel like you should watch the game by trying to find every little detail live. That'll make the, the experience miserable. But anyway, about the fullback. So can any running back – these are some of the questions they ask. Can any running back act as a halfback or fullback? Yes, but it's not ideal, okay? So what you've got to understand is where did the fullback terminology come from, right? And it was way back in the day. And basically a fullback is exactly what it sounds like. It was a big back. It was a big back that was going to block. So you had a fullback. Let's just, hey, look, I don't try to, I try not to be politically correct on this podcast. So we'll just say it. it was a fat back. All right. That's a fullback. This is somebody who's, who's been eating the prime rib burgers like I just ate downstairs about 10 minutes ago. So I apologize if I'm burping on the podcast, but it is what it is. Um, so a fullback means a bigger back who typically run blocks. A halfback is a smaller back, exactly what it sounds like. Right. Who carries and catches, uh, you know, more times than not. Then you got the H back, which is basically a hybrid tight end slash fullback. That's primarily primarily a blocker. Now, any of these positions can turn into a running back or, or you know, a receiver at any point. But that's kind of how it lays out. Now, are they just locations on the formations? Typically, yes. As simple as that sounds, you know, like Mike Allstott's a great example. Did you ever watch Mike Allstott play, Jacob? Are you too? Mike young? Allstott is my all-time favorite running back uh, slash. I mean, I guess you have to call him a fullback, but uh, that guy is, yeah, one of my favorites of all time. That's why I was so happy when we drafted Eddie Lacy because I thought that you know that's yeah. our new Eddie Lacy. But whatever, yeah, yeah. I love him. Love Mike Allstott. So when Mike Allstott came in the league, gang, he was a fullback, right? But many times later in his career, he was placed at halfback. So to answer your question, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, you, you know, even though he was typically a fullback, just because now there's no fullback in the formation and he's the only back, he's the lone setback, that makes him the tailback or the halfback, right? So um, they can play multiple positions in that regard. Uh, tailback is more, more of a modern term. Uh, and it, it's really referring to halfback. You hear somebody say tailback. A lot of times they will say T, and, and that's referring to the T receiver, which is the tailback, just like you'll have an F receiver, a Y receiver, all that stuff. It's just one syllable as opposed to multiple syllables. Now, they ask, what, what's my order of operation for identifying offensive formations? I'm going to rattle through this real quick. The first thing I look at is personnel. Okay, personnel because that dictates what the def what defense is on the field. Are they in a uh, a base package? Are they in a sub package? Are they in nickel? Are they in quarter? On and on and on. The second thing I do is quarterback positioning. You know that's going to determine whether the quarterback is silent in the play call itself, right? Because if they're if they're in a gun, you're going to say gun. If they're in a pistol, you're going to say pistol. So it'd be eleven pistol, right? Um, or eleven gun. Now, if they're not in a gun or a pistol, then you just say ace. You just say I. You just say you know whatever the formation is, and you don't include the quarterback. So quarterback positioning is next. Number three, formation. Is it gun? Is it ace? Is it I? Et cetera. Like I just said. Number four, the tight end slash halfback positioning. The tight end side is always the strong side. So if they say strong right, what you're telling everyone in the huddle, everyone that's watching or listening, uh, you're telling, you're saying, okay, if it's strong left, the tight end is on the left side of the formation. You get that out of the way right off the bat. Then you're going to label any kind of motion next. This is step five. I label motion or a shift, you know, Z motion, Y motion, F shift, whatever it might be. Number six, the final step is the play. Is it a zone right? Is it a power left? Or insert whatever route combination it is. So if it's a passing play, each route will go from left to right. Okay, so from the quarterback's perspective, as we say, Jacob, that Madden camera view, right? You go from left to right, your receivers, and then you go to your backfield. Okay, so an example, like, you know, just to rattle one off, Again, in order, personnel, quarterback positioning, formation, tight end slash halfback positioning, label the motion, final step is the play, and then on the passing play, you know, from left to right is a route combo. So just one example would be 11 gun, doubles on, strong right, snag dagger, T-leak, halfback weak. Okay, that tells everything about it. You got your personnel, your formation, uh, your doubles on is the formation itself. You talked about your quarterback placement because it was gun. And then you have your strong right, your tight ends on the right side of the field. And then you get into your route combination. If you're not going to use the archaic style, which I typically like, but there's so many different complex route combinations today, they've got nicknames, then you could go, uh, you know, snag dagger, T-leak, halfback week, that type of thing. So that's how that works. Hopefully that answered your question. Sorry if that took too long, Jacob. I appreciate your time being on here, but I definitely wanted to answer that for them. Um, so let's do this, man. Let's get into some camp talk because I know I seen you in the Discord chat and uh, 
bro, it, when you started posting in the Discord chat, and then I posted back, and you immediately hit back. It was just like, yeah, somebody else is filling me right now, dude. This is exactly. <laughs> I'm getting excited for football when you're seeing these camp updates because, guys, this is mandatory minicamp today. The first question I got for you, and hopefully you have the answer, and this is kind of going off cuff, was Jair there today? I'm yes, pretty sure he was, was. there. Razul was, was there. The only person, the only person that was not there, and you, uh, shocker. Don't you, say it. don't you say it. Jonathan Garvin. Oh, my God. Are you serious, bro? I, I don't understand. Uh, Matt LaFleur apparently said that anybody that has not been – at camp or specifically today has a good reason. So I don't want to sit here and like call this guy out in case something like horrible, you know, I don't know what's going on. Right, yeah. I have no idea. Maybe something really, really bad is going on and you know, God help me. I am so sorry that I'm calling you out, bro. That's not my, that's not what I'm trying to do, but it just does seem very weird that a fourth or fifth string type of guy would not show up to any of the, um, the man, uh, the, the not mandatory OTAs, and then you know the mandatory ones. It's just it's. Uh, I watch a lot of you know, obviously Packers coverage, and I just no one has been able to come up with a good explanation as to why that would be. And I just I, I don't get it. I don't I don't understand it. I never will. So, gotcha. Yeah. All right, man. Um, one of the one of the things that stood out to me today, and you know, like you said, hopefully nothing is going on in, in Garvin's personal life or whatever. I, I, I've i read nothing to suggest that, and you guys know we wouldn't even mention it if that were the case. Um, it sounds like he's just – maybe he's wanting to try to get some kind of security as far as a contract. I don't see how it makes sense, but, you know, who am I to judge? Now, Andy Herman said earlier, he said, love to Musgrave over the middle, Rudy Ford with fantastic coverage, and even gets a hand on the ball. But Musgrave keeps concentration, hauls in the catch, and turns up field. Nice play by 88. Um, Jacob, when I did the Luke Musgrave chalk talk breakdown of his college tape, bro, I seen that over and over and over his ability to concentrate on the ball with defenders around him. And it's just like, he has a natural ability to shield the defender to secure the catch. He's not the best yak guy. We all know that now he's got blazing speed, but he's not the dude like Tucker craft. That's going to run through someone. Um, but when I seen that tweet, I got really excited. Um, what have you heard? Do you do you know of anything about Luke Musgrave today that kind of caught your attention, or is there anybody else that's kind of caught your attention today? So yeah, basically today it was um, just kind of the fluidity of what Musgrave can do, and you know I I have been kind of a sucker of headlines or whatever, and I've seen Luke Musgrave. I've seen the amount of coverage over how fluid he is and how like he can you know move his hips in a great way. There was another tweet that said that basically Christian Watson and Luke Musgrave basically move like the same beast of a man, which I mean, if that is true, that is, that's unbelievable. We, uh, we actually at the PFP podcast, we did a, um, a live group draft last night of underdog fantasy. And we talked about how, uh, I'm going to edit that and try to, cause guys were a little funky with their words last night. So I'm going to try to edit that a little bit. Somebody been in the sauce, huh? Um, they were all in the sauce very much. <laughs> and um, so, <laughs> but we agreed that Luke Musgrave is basically like that. That's that, that may be the steal of literally like any kind of finest, uh, fantasy draft you're in because the guy, he's going to be a number one tight end. And I don't know exactly how number one tight end, because if that's, if he's sharing snaps with, um, with Deguara, which by the way, a side note, Deguara today made an amazing one-handed grab over the shoulder. I mean, just like a Odell really? type thing where he's and it, yeah, it was amazing. It was really, really good to see. And guys might be sleeping on Deguara. That I was gonna say that that could be one of the most sleepy picks of what the Packers breakout players could be because this guy's been in the system for at least now a couple of years, and he's the lead dog as far as the hierarchy goes. And he is, you know, a lot of people just see him as an H back, but I don't, I, I really do think that he has a more of a complete tight end that uh, a lot of guys are, are, are giving him credit for. So anyways, that's just um, my two cents on that. But uh, some other stuff that we talked about, like we said, Ja was there. Hey, let, me, let me say this real quick yeah. before you get into that. You know, you were talking about Musgrave and this kind of came to mind and it's, it's a good teaching moment. And, and this is something that, that I've just learned. So when you're talking about a why, right, your traditional why tight end, um, and you, you talk about him potentially being a number one tight end, another role that I see him playing is what we call F. Okay, and I'm just going to read the definition here. 
What's the difference between a F and a Y tight end? There's the Y tight end, which is the name, uh, the name for the inline tight end, the guy who is on the line of scrimmage attached to the line. Okay, so that's your typical tight end, right? You probably see the Guara in that role quite a bit. I'm sure you'll see Musgrave as well. But listen at this. And then there's the F tight end, who is comparable to the Z. So in a 12 personnel, um, he can typically play the Z. Now the F is moved around the offense from slot receiver to fullback to even wide receiver on the boundary. That sounds mm-hmm. like Luke Musgrave. I don't mean to cut yep. you off, but I just want to point that out, that when we when you hear us talking chalk talk, you might hear us say Y or F. It, to me, from what I've seen in his physical makeup, Luke Musgrave would make an excellent F receiver where, or an F tight end where he can move around. But go ahead, Jake. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now... Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, I mean, that's just, that's exactly it. I mean, the guy's 6'6". Six, six, um, I believe that he was – Ryan, I guess, a little bit contradicted this, but I've read that he was the only tight end and maybe – I don't want to say receiver – that ran over 20 miles per hour at the Senior Bowl. So, like – and then you watch some of these clips. You see this guy. I mean, he, he is he is definitely good at catching the ball and moving upfield very quickly, and it looks like a receiver. He just looks like a um, like a very, very tall – thick wide receiver and that's i mean that's amazing if we can get him and then um if you if you look at a lot of the um the blocking type stuff from the uh the ot or i'm sorry the mini camps tucker mm-hmm. craft don't sleep on tucker craft guys i'm just saying we got three for the first time in a long time think about the fact that we have three potential starters at tight end between deguara craft and musgrave and uh i i said i sent you guys a link of this when people says uh said that uh, that Kraft runs angry. I was like, well, what is that? I don't understand that. And then I saw him catch a ball and move upfield. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The guy runs. And basically I can put it like this. You would not pay me. You'd, you'd have to pay me a good $500,000 to go put my neck down and take that dude on. Like, Somebody's got to pay for the chiropractor, bro. I was going to say like legit amount of money. If I thought that maybe I could break my neck, give me 500 grand. I think I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll try to Absolutely. do walking around now, in the boot. But. You uh, you mentioned earlier a tweet, and I found it. Um, Zach Cruz was the one who put the tweet out. He put Christian Watson as a wide receiver and Luke Musgrave as a tight end are similar in terms of explosiveness yes. and smoothness. Such effortless movement. So, yeah, that dude, that's that gets me freaking fired up. Yeah. Now another play here. Um, Andy Herman said Jordan Love with a dime to a blazing fast Christian Watson for a would-be 96-yard touchdown in seven-on-seven. Guess who the closest defender was, Jacob? Jair. Jair Alexander. Bro, (laughs) everything is pointing towards Christian Watson (laughs) having a 
breakout year. No, I will say that that could be, um, you know, concrete shoes because Jair and Razul decided that they need they need a little more, you know, off season time. So they're probably dusting dusting off the the cobwebs there, but whatever. a little extra sleepy time. That's all. Yeah. Go ahead. Next note, Jake. Hit me with. It. Well, I guess. Um, Tyler Goodson would be another one. I watched a clip. I think maybe it was Handy Herman, and he just looks. Oh no, you know what it was? It was from uh, Boz. If you guys ever want, um, there's a guy on on YouTube. Um, gosh, forgive me. It's uh, Bozarowski or something like that. He's he's amazing. Really, really good dude. One of those guys that also I think quit his job recently to become a full time Packers guy, which is really nice. cool. Congrats, guy. Um, but he had a really good clip of Tyler Goodson doing like a flat route, turning on a dime, catching the ball. I mean, just sticking that thing. And his exact quote was, we already have an Aaron Jones, but it's nice to know we have an Aaron Jones backup. And he said that basically Aaron uh, uh, Goodson is going to be my RB3. You know, I love Lou Nichols. I would love to see him catapult up, but it sounds like from the start, he is not great at catching passes out of the backfield is what gotcha. it sounds like. Makes so. sense. I mean, there's got to be a reason, you know, that he uh... – Last as long as he did. We got William in the chat here. He said, why are we comparing Jordan Love to a running back? It's a great question. <laughs> and then we've got uh, <laughs> William says, the Packers are trying to duplicate the 49ers offense. Kittle equals Musgrave, right? Uh, the F tied in. Uh, Dwelly equals Kraft, the Y tied in. And then Juszczyk equals DeGuara, the H back. Dude, I hope you are right, William. I hope you're right because I know all of us would lose our ever-loving mind if we see them shift into this Shanahan look as opposed to the McVay look, I would go ballistic, man. Appreciate you hanging out in the chat with us. Go ahead, Jacob. Next thing, though, bro. Um, I guess the next thing would be the uh, apparently the Love-Dobbs connection is a real thing. And people need to take uh, notice of that. Again, if you're looking at it through my eyes, which is the fantasy football – Dobbs is falling very far. So we have Dobbs, Jaden Reed, uh, Jalen Reed, and, and and Musgrave. Just you can get them basically in the lower, lower depth of uh, drafts. And I just don't understand why, because you look at just if Jordan Love is even a top 15 quarterback, you have to account for where those yards are going. So that means they're going to go to at least three or four or five players. You have to draft these guys. I can't believe they're falling so far. And the way that, um, it's, just, it's funny to me because right now we've been seeing what have we always wanted in the offseason is Rodgers working with quarterbacks and with other skill players to really like hone their chemistry and all that kind of stuff. Now it's happening and we're all just kind of like, mm, whatever, yeah, it's, it's yeah. fine. <laughs> like you're sleeping on what could be a really, really great team. And don't get me wrong. We could come on and we could crap the bed. I understand that. Like. Love could be a complete bust, and it'll it'll probably ruin Goody's career. To be honest, if if he is a complete bust, it probably will. Just because no one will let go of the fact that they let Rodgers go, and if if especially if Rodgers goes to the Jets, and he has any type of success, I'm talking yeah. anything, wins one playoff game, and we don't make it to the playoffs, then they're going to be asking for people's heads. So. Absolutely. Um, oh, so you're you you talking go. about Dobbs. Here's the shot here. The thing I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what stands out to me here. But for those of you on the pod list, and we're gonna show this uh, this shot here inside the uh, the the practice that was open to media inside John the Hudson, Don Hudson right? Center. This is Jordan Love to Romeo Dobbs down the sideline. Uh, Love's gonna let it go from the goal line, right? And Dobbs oh, wow. down the sideline, bro. That's arm strength right there. I'm sorry. Ball, if you break man. it down. It was in the air, fifty-eight yards before he even broke his stride. Right, and and that's the thing. Like when you watch Jordan let go of this ball, it looks effortless. He's look at that. Like he's already. This is what Big Play Slave was talking about last year too. Like he looks like a little a rod back there. When you watch him let this ball go here, I mean, look at that. That that's not. He's not overstriding. He's not putting everything into that. No, no, bro. And the wrist action, it reminds you of 12. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. I know people are going to come at me and go, what are you talking about? I'm just – I'm simply saying you see the arm strength there and enough touch on the deep pass, too, that it looked uh, it looked pretty nice to me, Jacob. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, um, that's in the chat that's here, let's see what we got. Uh, we got Dilo in the chat. Appreciate you dropping through, <laughs> brother. Um, let's go, new Packers, total – access uh yeah man appreciate you uh swinging by if you missed the first part just rewind um if you haven't been here since we went live you're gonna love 
the uh, first 10 minutes, Michael Lombardi absolutely annihilating uh, Justin Fields. I'm here for it. So, um, anything else you got there, Jacob, as far as um, um, from camp there? And any any questions you guys got in the chat? We'll probably be on here for another 15 minutes or so. If you guys just want to fire a question or have a comment, we're just here um, to kind of hang out. I actually did. So, apparently, um, Anders Carlson was there kicking. He went two for three. Um, I believe he missed – one from like 47 out. I think he hit one from like 41, one from 42 or 43. They missed the longest one, so not necessarily great to see. But um, obviously we saw uh, talked about Jarul, or I'm sorry, Jair and Razul being there, Garvin gone. Campbell apparently has looked really, really good in coverage, nice. which um, I, I, I'm all about that. And also um, Quay. Apparently Quay had some really good coverage of AJ Dillon on the on the, on some flat routes, looking really really good uh, tight in there. And then also Nixon is returning kicks, but also Jalen Reed. So that's another um, aspect maybe we have to think about. I I really doubt that anybody other than Nixon's going to be returning kicks, but it's nice to know we have a little bit of a backup if anything happens. So absolutely. Here we got a uh, a tweet that went out from Matt Schneidman, and it actually looks like it is uh, – let me make sure I've got the audio on for you guys. Let me uh, try that again. It, it looks like uh, we had Jair Alexander um, in the uh, locker room after the OTA. So let me make sure we got some audio. We do. All right. Let's see what he had to say here, and, and I'll, I'll read the tweet. Like I said, this is Matt Schneidman. He said uh, – he's quoting Jair Alexander. At this point, I want to see – I want to see what's best for the team. Dobbs caught a touchdown on me today. I gave him a hug almost. I was like, good stuff, man, because the year before, he didn't catch anything on me. He also said he'll continue chirping Jordan Love. So just a, just a little bit, of, and that may be word for word what he said. I'm going to play it anyway. Let's see Let's see what he says here, Jake. So Christian and Romeo was, you know, keep doing what you're doing, you know, because we're going to need you at the end of the day, you know. Like, you know, I don't have, you know, no one has ego here. You know, there's no ego with me. You know, I don't really, you know. Because at this point, I want to see, like, the best for the team, yep. you know. So, I just told him, like, keep doing what y'all doing. You know, Dobbs caught a touchdown on me today, and I was just, I gave him a hug almost, you know. Like, good stuff, man, you know. Because the year before, he didn't catch anything, you know. So. Love it. All right. I, I like that, dude. I like that. I do, that. too, man. I do, too, bro. Um. You know, I, I wish he had been there for the voluntary stuff, but at the same time, man, you know how I stand on that, Jacob, and 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 I understand I'm in the minority when it comes to Packer fans. If something's voluntary, I don't expect them there. I mean, like, if if you want them there, then stop calling it voluntary. Oh, well, they worked that out with the CBA. Okay, cool. Then it's the equivalent to to basically someone telling you, "Hey, we're not paying you today, but I need you to come into work. You better be here at work." But right. today's my off day. It doesn't matter. You should be in here and you're working for free. That's the way I see it. But I'm a business yeah. owner, and that's just kind of – I look at as, it. As, as a GM of a restaurant, I completely understand that. Like, I can't ask somebody just to come in and just work. But, bro. Like, especially – even even when I know, like, they're the best – my best employee. Hey, come in here and work for free. Work for free and show other people how you're, how you're really, really good. Because right. that's great for you, right? Like, no, dude, that's, that's not how that works. Um, and, you have to take a step back and realize that that's kind of the situation. It's like yeah. we're expecting this guy to come in, work for free, train the others, make sure that they feel comfortable. No, <laughs> no. And as just, a Packer fan, dude, we want them sleeping in Lambeau Field every night, right? We want them there all the time. But if it was, just, and I'll say this: if if I was the head coach, I saying what I just said, I'd get mad at him. I would because they'd be like, "You're a leader. You are you are an example as to what to do and what not to do." So I expect more from you because you got that money, but being, you know, if it's anybody else or honestly, if, if at the end of the day, if he says I put my foot in the ground and I, I'm not going to go there because he didn't pay me to go there, I'm going to go, yeah, we didn't pay him. Why the, yeah. why the yeah. F would we, why, like, why would we like, you can't ask somebody to do your craft for free. It's just not, it's not fair. Yeah. Not fair. So Matt Schneidman today at practice said, Rasul Douglas used to love talking with Aaron Rodgers in between plays slash drills. You know him and Aaron had a lot of respect for each other. Said today they caught him chopping it up with new QB1 now. So it's, it's cool to see them really embrace Jordan. Man, I don't – I may look back on this eight, nine months from now, Jacob, and go, wow, I was way off base. But I'm telling you, dude, something feels good about this Jordan love. Like it, it, there's – 
I am not going to be surprised if he comes out this year and he is a top 10 quarterback. Something just freaking feels right about this. When you see that deep bomb, when you hear a Hall of Famer talk about him and the only two starts we've seen, granted, it's a very small sample size, but when you see Kurt Warner talking about him planting his foot, delivering accurate passes, good, quick, high-low decisions, meaning they were running a high-low concept, whether it was a rap concept or whatever, it, he, him just being able to make the decision very, very quick, know where his side adjustments are, and being able to lead that offense. This feels good. You see arm strength. You see quick release. You see accuracy. You see decision-making. And we know he's got the leadership, that quiet leadership. I love that approach. Yeah. Um, and I think it's 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 definitely something you should look back on. When I, I can't remember exactly which podcast Ryan did, but when you look at some of the scouts, people, for whatever reason, they threw so much shade on Jordan Love because we drafted him while we had Aaron Rodgers. But there was also people that were in that draft that said, this is the next Patrick Mahomes. Do you understand that? Like the fact now that we're just all of a sudden being like, oh, I guess maybe he's he, he could be good. We had people comparing him to Patrick Mahomes. And the fact that for whatever reason he slid to the second round or to late first, all of a sudden people started just shoveling poop on this guy as if he was the worst thing that's ever I've and Ryan said I don't understand if it's just the product of being in Green Bay with the Green Bay media and having literally 30 years of just nothing but good quarterback praise but for whatever reason they've decided that Jordan Love is bad and I don't think that that's a good that's a good uh a conclusion because the guy just seems like he's doing everything right I'm not going to say here uh that he's going to be a pro bowl quarterback next year but it wouldn't surprise me it would not surprise me yeah at all i agree uh matt schneiman also tweeted out matt lafleur ahead of today's mandatory minicamp practice said there's perfect attendance there are a couple of guys excused for personal matters but every right, every everything everybody else is here so that probably is a personal matter it sounds like yeah. so um, that's good. I mean, I don't want to say it's good news. Hopefully everything's okay. Right. That's literally what I was saying is like, I hope that there, I, I hope, and I don't hope there's a reason. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, we got John in the chat said love is way ahead of fields. Um, <laughs> if you were to take the small sample size and kind of average it out. Yeah. I think you're right, man. And, and some of the throws he made in preseason, we want to keep that interception total down. Obviously you, you want at least a two to one there. If he comes out and goes three to one touchdown to interception, Jacob, we're looking at ten wins. I'm telling you, it's it's going to be the key this year. Um, all right, man. If you, do you have anything else? I'm going to read a listener email if you uh, if you don't or when you're when you're done. Is there anything else you want to hit on before we wrap this thing up? Um, no, just I'm like as always. I'm very uh, I'm very excited about this team. Uh, we actually did record a PFP draft last night. We did a best ball draft on underdog. Like I said, I just have to edit a little bit because the guys were a little soft up. So I had to make sure we don't let any F bombs go out there, but there's not a lot, <laughs> just maybe two or three, but I want to make sure that Ryan, uh, you know, has a, it's, it's a family friendly podcast. So we're going to do that. Great. And we're going to be doing a lot of those drafts and just um, guys, like I said, draft packer players, Jordan love uh, Watson, Jalen Reed, these guys are falling. Musgrave are falling in the draft. And who knows? They could be the best pick of your draft, 100%. Because these yeah. guys are all going to possibly get 20% target share, which is crazy. No doubt. John in the chat said, Love lit it up today in practice. And, and man, that's what we've seen, too. It, it looked like it was a good practice for Love. And thank God the media was there, too. That way these guys can stop saying, <laughs> Well, I haven't really seen much. So, anyway. <laughs> Uh, we got a great uh, listener. He was actually in the chat for the last live stream we did on Sunday evening with Ryan and Jacob, and it's Andy Monday. Um, this is what he said. You know, he made a comment in the chat, and and I had to ask, is is that a real name? Is I can never tell when people are being serious in the chat, but he was being serious. So he explained to me in an email. Here's what he said. Clayton, thanks for reading my comments on the live feed. Regarding my reference to John Haddle and Mossy Cage, I was trying to point out that Cowherd, meaning Colin Cowherd, is a fool to think – that our current roster is bad enough to be on the precipice of disaster like the 70s and 80s teams. In 1974, Dan Devine was desperate to land a top quarterback after his disastrous trade from Jim Del Gazo uh, from the Dolphins the year before. Del Gazo um, was the backup for the undefeated 72 Dolphins. Devine gave up two, gave up second rounders in 1974 and 75. Del Gazo played three games in 73 and had a quarterback rating in the 30s. <laughs> 
Um, sound like me out there, QB and boy. Devon <laughs> traded for 34-year-old John Haddle with the Rams, giving them our 1975 first, second, and third round picks. Jesus. That dude was on the pop, bro. My <laughs> as well as 1976 first and second rounders. Haddle was the wow. NFC player of the year in 73 with LA. Haddle had Haddle only played in 1974, Devon's last season, and 1975, Bart Starr's first season as coach. Haddle's Green Bay stats over two seasons, just over 3,000 yards, nine touchdowns, 29 interceptions. The dude was colorblind, too, evidently. Just over 50% completion percentage and under six yards per attempt. Green Bay's five draft picks given up, 1975 overall picks, 928 and 61, and 1976 overall picks, eight, and 39, and Haddle wasn't even on the team in 76. You wonder why we slipped back in the 80s, guys. That's, I mean, great, great digging, Andy. He also said, thankfully, Starr unloaded him for Lynn Dickey. That's a that's a big upgrade, right? Yeah. But, the, but that trade with Houston cost Green Bay a fourth in 76 and a third in 1977. Dickey played, on, played most of 1976 poorly, got injured in November of 1977, probably the worst Green Bay um, offense ever, and didn't return as a starter until December of 79. That starting, that starting quarterback ratings from 73 to 79, never reaching higher than 59.9 for a season. Until Dickey's three games at the end of the 1979 season, getting to 71.7. Mossy Cade was a cornerback. I swear Mossy Cade, man. I, he lives back home in Kentucky, dude. He lives right at the base of the holler, and he's got a hell of a, a cabbage, uh, cabbage patch up there. I'm just telling you right now. Mossy Cade was a cornerback. Originally drafted by San Diego in 1984 as the sixth overall pick, he opted to play in the USFL instead. Green Bay traded its 1986 first-rounder, pick number 14, for Cade in 1985. He played poorly in 85, but had five picks in 86. He was cut in May of 1987 after his arrest for raping his aunt in November of 1985. <laughs> he might have been from Kentucky. Which was during the. Oh you know, I don't mean to make a lot of. Don't get me wrong, but that's that's some strange stuff there, dude. My that one just God. yeah, that's just kind of slipped that right into his bio. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, horrible right human being, dude. Which was during his first season with the Packers. Colin Cowherd, <laughs> do any of these roster disasters sound like the current Green Bay Packers? Do you think players wanted to play for Green Bay in those years with those moves? Tell me how Goody stacks up in comparison so far. You ignorant windbag. Clayton, thank you for your time and dedication. My source is linked below, and he's got a uh, a archive from JS, uh, jsonline.com that talks about all that stuff. That was Andy Monday. Andy Monday, you brought some facts there, bro. <laughs> yeah. Well, whew, like, listen, the – the rape part is extremely sad. I don't want to make a lot of that. I want to make no, sure. It's it, very shocking. The ant thing really threw me for a loop. I was like, what? Like, so Mossy Cade, man, I went from thinking this is old country boy, probably a good <laughs> dude. Not the case. Not the case at all. Old Mossy Cade. Um, but thank you, Andy, for the, uh, for the, uh, the email, dude. That's some, uh, that's a lot of information in that email. Bro. That's a lot of information. Jacob, dude, I love our listeners, man. Like, seriously, oh, they are. They they're are way more awesome. smarter than we are. It's, it's oh, crazy. dude, way smart. You kid. When they figure out all they got to do is get a microphone and they can blow by me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be over. That's a fact. Um, let's see here in the chat before we get out of here. John says the Packers quote opted to run it back for one more season with Rodgers. The deal for Rodgers would have included three first round picks, Drew Locke, and Jerry Judy. He added. Now, this is where I part ways with a lot of people. Um. In in you know when I say part ways, I don't mean part ways. I disagree respectfully with with Packer fans. You, I try not to be overly critical of Goody, right? But the people that never say anything bad about Goody, it's like he's never done anything wrong. You're not going to convince me that it was a good thing that he turned down that hall of picks. If all that is correct, if it all is accurate, John, I'm I'm assuming you 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 know read that and and I completely trust you. Three first-round picks, Drew Locke and Jerry Judy. We could have threw Drew Locke out the back of Lambeau Field, have him sweep a floor. <laughs> up there, right? But Shot in the snow. if you turn down three first-round picks 
And then you signed him to a $150 million contract, which you guys heard me talk about that contract over and over and over going, listen, nobody knows the optional aspect of this contract. And everybody said, oh, whatever, Clayton says, blah, blah, blah. And then as soon as he was traded, it was like, I thought you said he wasn't Mr. 50 million. You're not listening to what I'm saying. Look at his cap hit for the Jets. Look at his cap hit. It's $1.5 million. Look at his cap hit over the next three years for the Jets if he plays that long. It's like in the $30 million range, 37, then it jumps to 40. He never reached that 50 million. The optional aspect of that contract was freaking brilliant. And that's the point I was trying to get across to people is like, he's never going to see $50 million against the cap for the Packers. But then we turn around and trade him. It was like, you bought high, you sold low, and and literally, I mean, you turned down three first-round picks. Now, listen, I'm not sitting here going, ha-ha, hindsight's 20-20, go to your Amora. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is if you're one of the people that never criticizes Goody as if he's been the most perfect GM, please, man, it's be realistic. If you could rewind time, what would you have done, Jacob? You'd have took I, that, you'd have took I, that haul and moved on. So me personally, yeah, I was gonna say so. Everybody knows if you listen to the podcast, I've been I'm not like I don't think Jordan Love is going to be the next Aaron Rodgers, but I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to learn. So I've and I've been willing to learn and move on from Rogers for a while. So I'm not probably the best person to ask that question because I, I, I guess I don't know what Goody was doing because to me that does not make sense. Um, it sounds like it came from up top, doesn't it? It's, it's, it seems it sounds like yeah, exactly. It sounds like somebody that just seems like such um, a meeting of minds that like you just you were so just nonchalant, like trying to just smooth over some bad pavement there. And yeah, we probably, we probably should have cut Rogers or just went all in. And I don't really quite know what I, honestly, I don't know what I still think like right now. Um, I'm glad that we're moving forward, but you look at the amount of money we wasted. I mean, my God, it, it like you said, it's just, it just seems really, really like a waste of money, especially if, like you said, if if Goody knew that this was kind of what was on the horizon, if they knew that this was kind of in the cards, right. why would you make that deal, man? Like, why? Why? I, I, it just seems like such. It seems like either he was trying to save his job for the fans and knew his his butt was covered by the front office, or something along those lines. Because I don't get it. It does not look like a Goody move. It looks like a halfway. You know what? It kind of feels to me like they all met, right? And it was Mark Murphy, Russ Ball, Brian Gudikins, and Matt LaFleur. And it kind of sounds to me like they went around the table. Um, we know now with Rodgers' comments that Russ Ball wanted to keep him around. We right. know Matt LaFleur has an absolute man crush on Aaron Rodgers. Right. And we know now that Goody did not want Aaron Rodgers. Right. And, um, <laughs> Of course, Mark Murphy, what's he said over and over? Aaron's done some great things for this organization. He's kind of stayed neutral. So it sounded like they went around the room and voted, and it was two to one minus uh, Murphy. And Murphy yeah. was probably a push and said, hey, look, yeah, let's uh, let's uh, let's bring him back. And and who handles the contracts? Russ yeah. Ball, right? So it, that's it, that would be my best guess as to everything, how it unfolded. But I'm completely on board with you, Jacob. It seems like something – kind of happened over top of that but uh man when we st when we went live i did not expect us to get on the rogers uh Jeez. topic but it's so now cool man that's, now that's why hour. <laughs> yeah exactly that's why live listeners are awesome and so we appreciate everybody in the chat um you know i know there's several people i think we still got you know like 16 watching live right now appreciate everybody hanging out with us we're going to get out of here but appreciate william in the chat appreciate dialo john all you guys thank you so much thank you so much andy monday for the uh the email the anonymous listener thank you for the text keep them coming any question hopefully that answered your fullback question again fullback was created back in the day when you had a a smaller back which was the halfback and then you had a bigger back, which is the fullback. Think of this. Think of the Lombardi era, right? And what did you have? You had Paul Horning as the halfback slash tailback, however, whatever you want to call it. And then you had, of course, um, Mr. Jim Taylor as your fullback. So that's kind of how that came about. But, again, someone like Mike Allstott, you see me and Jacob man crushing over, dude. That dude was phenomenal. He was one that, that later in his career, they just put him was, back there in that single back. That was my first jersey I ever got in my life was oh, Mike Allstott. And that Tampa Bay jersey when they first dropped, oh my Yo, god! They were every, my little brother, it was yeah. We all thought we're like God. Oh, we're diehard Packer fans, and don't get me wrong, but I loved Mike Allstott. He was my favorite running back still to this day. 
you watch his highlights and you're like, oh my God. Yeah, he's a big, like how how is this dude alive? If there is anyone here in our voice right now that's going, I've never seen Mike Allstock. Stop oh what you're God. doing. Go to YouTube and type in. Where do you go he to was, college? Was it Purdue or Notre Notre Dame? Was it he was uh, it what Notre Dame? I don't remember who it was, was maybe Purdue or like it was some random college where you're like, this dude has no business. He I like a freaking bowling ball like he hits he does not stop he just keeps going they just repel off of him and it's it, it is really fun to watch just yeah. just watch it man go check it it's out fun. for sure and john appreciate you in the chat man it was a it was fun it was a good show because you guys made the show man it's how it always works so we're gonna get out here jacob i can't thank you enough for hanging out with me buddy um and uh we'll do it again i, I think the plan is either saturday or sunday we'll do another kind of weekly recap like we've been doing but love yep. to have you back on i know the uh, the listeners love having you uh, on Packers Total Access with us. So we're out of here, guys. Thank you all so much for making us a part of your evening. For those of you listening to this on the pod, this will probably drop. Uh, I'd say we'll drop it this evening, so it'll be ready for you on the work day there Wednesday. And we appreciate you all making us a part of your day. Um, go do me one favor. Go to my Twitter account. I've got a tweet pinned at the top of the page for our buddy Ryan, whose family had a horrible tragedy. Um, if you guys are looking for something good yeah. to, to sow good seed into and, and be a blessing to someone, yes. there's a family with uh, without their mother right now that could that could use a lot of help. Their and, mother and their and their grandfather and their grandfather on the same. Day. Absolutely, so like yeah, just a horrible tragedy. But again, don't end it on uh, on a on a down note. Yeah. But it's, if you're looking for an opportunity to help someone else. It's a, it's a great, uh, a great chance to do that. So just go check out my Twitter. So we're out of here as always. Let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go back. Go sort of protective tape or wrap on that thumb. Next time we see Rogers third and goal, Prescott stands in delivers. It is intercepted in the end zone. Rudy Ford has a convoy. Rudy Ford with a huge play for Green Bay. First interception as a Packer, and it comes in the end zone at a big time.